The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. At what point did Esau sell his birthright? When he was hungry. At what point did Adam and Eve sell their birthright? When they were hungry. So that means that your appetite has a lot to do with your destiny. You have to be careful what you eat when you are hungry. You have to be careful what you are eating when you are hungry. When you are hungry, that's not the time to eat everything. If you're a husband and your wife travels and the friend comes visiting, say, oh, today I just came to, to bring you some 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 food be careful at that point you are hungry be careful why don't we give Jesus some praise and let's please be seated in the presence of the Lord hallelujah well I'm going to go straight into the word and uh I'm so hungry to hear this word uh, myself because I believe that it's going to really, really bring change and transformation into our lives. So, are you ready for the word? Yes. Are you ready for the word? Yes. Okay, if you're ready, turn with me in your Bible to the book of Proverbs chapter 25. The book of Proverbs chapter 25 verse 28. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28. I read. It says, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. And we are blessed by the reading of God's word. I read it again. It says that he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. And we are blessed by God's word this morning. I'm sharing with you for the next 45 minutes on the message I have titled, The Power of Character. The Power of Character. This is a month of power. And we have to understand the level of power that God expects from us. And please don't be deceived. Whenever we start talking about power in the church, many people are looking for sensationalism. They are looking for shaking. They are looking for falling. They are looking for rolling and they're looking for screaming. For your information, that is not power. (laughs) So today we are going to really dig into the word so that you can understand the areas through which God wants us to develop power. Because listen, this is our year of dominion. And for you to have dominion, 
one of the key areas that you have to develop is the area of your character. Is the area of your character. Let me say this. Your gifts will open doors for you, but it takes your character to remain in that door. Let me say it again. Your gifts will open doors for you, but it takes your character to remain or to stay in that door. So therefore, the scripture we read in the book of Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28, the Bible says that he that has no rule over his own spirit, his own spirit there talks about self-control. He that has no rule over his own spirit. In other words, he that has no discipline over his own spirit has no future. A person who has no self-control is described as a great city without a wall. What is the purpose of a wall? The purpose of a wall brings boundaries. So the Bible says that he that has no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. And when a city is broken down and has no walls, then enemy's number one attack is to go into that city. And it makes that city vulnerable and easy to be attacked. And hear me, great destinies have been lost through lack of character. Great destinies have been lost through moral failures. Many have gone to the pinnacle of life and lost everything through a little moral failure. How many of you remember the great prophet Elisha? How many of you remember Elijah? Elisha caught a double spirit or the double portion of Elijah. You remember that? Now, if we look at one plus one, one plus one is equal to what? Two. Two plus two is equal to what? Four. Four plus four is equal to what? Eight. Eight plus eight is equal to what? Sixteen. 16 plus 16 is equal to what? 32. So you can see the sequence. So that means if Elisha received a double portion of Elijah's spirit, that therefore also means that whoever comes after Elisha is supposed to have a double portion of Elijah's spirit. Isn't that right? So if Elisha received a double portion that means the servant of Elisha is automatically qualified if they have the desire to have a double portion of what Elisha had. Now, how many of you remember the, the servant of Elisha? His name is Gehazi. You remember him? Now, Gehazi served Elisha faithfully until one day when a Syrian general came to Elisha to be healed of leprosy. You remember that guy? His name is Naaman. Now when Naaman came, 
Naaman was healed of his leprosy. And the Bible says that Naaman came with a gift. I want you to follow me. He came with a gift. And when he gave the gift to Elisha, the Bible says that Elisha said, no, I'm not going to receive this gift. He said, I'm not going to receive this gift. It's very important that we understand and know what time to receive gift. As a pastor, I have learned that it's not every time you pray for people and they are healed and they receive their breakthrough and they come to sow a seed, you have to receive that seed. It's not every seed you receive. Why? Because some of the seeds, if you receive it, you are taking the place of God. And we have to be careful about that. So let's quickly look at 2 Kings chapter 5 from verse 25 to 27. I want to show you something very significant about how Gehazi lost his great destiny through great, through lack of character. So 2 Kings chapter 5 from verse 25, the Bible says that now this is after Naaman has brought the gift and, 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 and Elisha said, no, I'm not going to receive it. The next thing Gehazi said, Gehazi said, oh my goodness, my master has spared this Syrian. And so the next thing Gehazi did, he ran after Naaman. So from verse 25, it says, but he went, so after all the process is gone, he's taking, he's taking the gift from Naaman and then he has come back now. He's come back and look at what's going to happen. He said, but he went in and stood before his master, this is Gehazi, stood before his master, and Elisha said unto him, where have you come from, Gehazi? And he said, your servant went nowhere. And he said unto him, went not my heart with thee when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee? Is it a time to receive money? and to receive garments, and olive yards, and vine yards, and sheep, and oxen, and men servant, and maid servant. Verse 27, it says, The leprosy therefore of Naaman shall cleave unto thee, and, thou, and thy seed ever after. And he went from his presence a leper as white as snow. Look at that. Look at what Elisha put on Gehazi. Look at what Gehazi contacted. Now, I want to say this. This is very important. Be careful of people who are double-tongued in every organization. Be careful of such people. Especially even in the church. Be careful of those who come to you and say things about others. Now, the principle in this ministry is that we are not going to collect the gift of this man. But Gehazi went behind the set man of God and said, oh, no. And as a matter of fact, if you read the account very carefully, he actually lied to Naaman. So that puts the man of God's integrity at the core of what's happening here. When he went to Naaman, he said to Naaman, oh, some of the sons of the prophets have just come. And my master said, 
give him some, some things. But that was not the case. And as a result of that, he lost his place in history. I've seen many people climb so high in life and a little moral failure brings them down. It's not how high you climb in life, but how you stay on how high you have gone in life. So character is key. You see, the sad truth is that even in the church, there are no men and women of character. It's sad. I mean, let's not even talk about the church members. Let's even talk about pastors. Let's even talk about pastors. Let's talk about prophets who unfortunately are sleeping around with other women in the church. And they are operating in gifts. Now remember, a gift is not a sign of your maturity. You need to understand that. Because God's word is clear. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. So your gift doesn't determine your maturity. So a, a prophet can be very gifted, very talented, and yet messing around in the church. Messing around, sleeping with all the women, and you still see people flock there. And we cover it under grace and say, oh, it's okay. Listen, it's not okay. I'm going to show you some key scriptures today that you see that it's so important for you to develop a strong character if you're going to go far. People with flawed character most of the time pretend to speak on behalf of the weak by criticizing everyone. Have you not heard people who criticize others? They have flawed characters. Someone who, who has a moral failure in their life is criticizing someone else who is doing something better. You haven't built a single house before. And you are criticizing someone who has built a house before. Who are you? You haven't built a church before and you are standing and sitting there and criticizing someone who has sacrificed through the years, laid their life down to help direct people out of destruction and leading them on a path to heaven. And you who have achieved nothing want to criticize them. I've had single people who are not married criticizing married couples. Wait till you get married. When you get married, then you can criticize those who are married. A story is told of a, a, of a baby pig. He asked a mother pig, mother pig, why is your mouth so long? The mother pig said, you don't worry. When you grow up, you'll know why. Before you criticize someone, step in their shoe, do better than they are doing before you have the right to criticize them. Before you open your mouth and condemn someone, ask yourself, what have I achieved? 
the sad truth is that we are living in a generation of social media. So everybody goes on social media criticizing men and women of God. Be careful. You don't know what you're bringing upon yourself. The same way a blessing is activated is the same way a curse is activated. So be careful. So people who have moral failure flaws, they criticize everybody. Criticize what the church is doing. Criticize what pastors are doing. That's why I don't criticize anyone. You don't know whether they are of God or they are not of God. <laughs> Let's look at a classical example. John chapter 12 from verse 3 to 8. The Bible says that then took Mary, this is Jesus visiting, then took Mary a pound of ointment spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. I love that. So look at Mary's sacrifice. Very high, very expensive. Have you, have, you, have you ever been criticized before? Why are you giving everything to the church? <laughs> have you heard it before? You say, why are you tithing? Why should you tithe? Now, people who criticize people who tithe, they are non-tithers. Check through scriptures. Why did Cain kill his brother Abel? Because Abel was a tither Cain was a non-tither. Simple. Abel's tithe was received. Cain's gift was rejected. So, now, this woman has brought a very expensive uh, oil, anointed the feet of Jesus. Verse 4, it says, Then said one of his disciples, Can you guess who that disciple is? It says, then said one of his disciples, thank God he was described. It says, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? You see, people with moral failure, they always speak, pretend to speak for the poor. Always pretend to speak for the poor. Oh, why is a pastor driving a nice car? Why is he living in a house nicer? Why can't they sell the house or sell the car and feed the poor? We hear it all the time. All the time. He said, why can this very expensive thing not be sold and given to the poor? And, and okay, let's, let me not jump. Let's read on. It said, this he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and he had the bag and bare what was put therein. So can you see his motive? His motive was not that he cared for the poor. Check those who speak against men and women of God. Their motive is not because they have the poor at heart. Trust me. That's not their motive. Because they have a moral, moral failure. 
He said, why can we not sell this? Because he was the one holding the bag. So if they have sold this expensive oil, he know where the money is coming to. The money is coming to him. The money is coming into his bag. And the Bible says that he was a thief. So he was thinking about his own selfish ambitions. Verse 7. Then Jesus said, I love Jesus. Then Jesus said, let her alone against the day of my burial has she kept this. For the poor always you have with you, but me you have not always. The poor you have always. Jesus was only here for 33 years. He said, as for me, I'm not going to be here all the time. So if you want to take care of the poor, the poor you have. I mean, show us, show us a, 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 a track record of the poor that you have taken care of before you speak for the poor. Have you noticed that people who really uh, feed the poor, take care of the poor, they don't talk about it. They don't shout about it. Someone say, oh, so this church, what do we do? I don't have to come and stand here and tell you every week, oh, we did this, we helped this, we fed the poor, we did it. No. We are doing it as unto the Lord. Most of the time, people in the church who criticize tithing or criticize giving are the non-givers. I'm preaching now. As a matter of fact, they come after the offering has been received. They know what time the offering is. And so they come after the offering has been received. Now, why are you in a, an organization and criticizing that organization? You lack character. Let's quickly look at three values that will help you develop a strong character. Three values. Number one is set boundaries and keep them. That's number one. Number two, keep your desires under control through discipline. And then number three, walk in integrity. Walk in integrity. Now, before I go further, I want to bring to your attention something very important. Something very, very important. I want to bring to your attention. Now, when we talk about character, what you need to understand is that the devil has not changed. The same temptation, the same plan, the same strategy he used to tempt Adam and Eve in the garden is the same strategy he's using now. Let's quickly look at Genesis chapter 3 from verse 1 to 7. Genesis chapter 3 from verse 1 to 7. I read, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, has God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the tree of which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat of it. 
neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Verse 4, and the serpent said unto the woman, so be careful, the devil is also always speaking. Be careful who you are listening to. The serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. Are you seeing how the devil is painting sin? He said, you shall not surely die. For God do know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall know, it shall be as God's knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant for the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat also. Verse 7, and the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. God said, don't eat. The devil says, eat. And then they end up eating. You see, this is a sad truth in the, in, the, in the body of Christ today. Many Christians obey the voice of the devil more than the voice of God. God says, don't eat. The devil comes and says, ah, you will not really die. Just try it and see. And guess who they obeyed? They obeyed the devil. Whose voice are you listening to? Who are you obeying? Whose voice is weightier in your life? God's voice or the devil's voice? Today is destroying generational curses. And as I speak and I teach the word, the power of God is present to destroy every generational curses that has ravaged your family. The Bible says that as Jesus Christ was teaching, the power of God was present to heal. Amen. And I decree to you today, the power of God will destroy that generational Amen. curse in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, that scripture we read in Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 to 7, I want you to keep it in mind. Look at the first temptation. Now, you know, Adam is the first man Jesus is the second Adam and the last Adam. You know that, don't you? Now, later on, we're going to discover that the same temptation the devil tempted Adam was the same temptation he brought to Jesus. Very important. So, the first thing we must do the three values that will help us to develop strong character, number one, I said is what? Set boundaries and do what? Keep them. Because it's not enough just to set boundaries. You have to set boundaries and keep them. Genesis chapter 39 from verse 7 to 12. I read, the Bible says, and it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast his eyes upon Joseph and she said, lie with me. Somebody says scholarship. scholarship. This is where Joseph will be blushing. Say, wow, my master's wife is giving me the greatest scholarship. Say, lie with me. Free. 
The devil presents sin to you as free, isn't it? You think it's free, but your destiny is at stake. It says, but he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotted not what is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is none greater in this house than I. Neither has he kept back anything from me but thee, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God. Notice, not against his master, but against God. You see, your faithfulness in life must not be to man, but to God. When your faithfulness is number one to God, it doesn't matter who is there. Verse 10, the Bible says that, and it came to pass, as he spake to Joseph day by day, he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. Is it not the same temptation uh, Samson faced? Delilah was speaking to Samson every day. That's how the devil breaks boundaries. The devil comes little by little. He won't come at once. He'll put a little thought. It's little. Little. Oh, uh, if you drink this gin, will you die? Oh, little, just, just a little. Just a sip. Just a sip. The day you sip, that's when Jesus comes. And so I say, oh, that's a Bible. Is the Bible against drinking? Hey. Hey. So it comes little by little. Watch a little. You are on the internet and then a lady comes and says, click me, click me, click me. <laughs> it's little. And then you watch and watch. No one is around. Oh, let me click a little. You click a little. You watch five minutes. The next minute, you watch again. Mm, it's nice. You watch again. <laughs> Ten minutes. Then following time, you watch again. Thirty minutes. What are you doing? It's little, little, little. Before you realize, you are addicted. There are, there are pastors out there who have many services who are watching pornography between the break of the services. <laughs> Not only that, unfortunately, there are some who are even excuse my language, having sex with congregations in their offices before church services. It's little by little by little by little. And please hear me. The devil is not in a rush to go anywhere. Where he comes, he lays a siege. Where he lays a siege, he'll wait till he gets you. He waits till he gets you. That's why he can't play with the devil now. So she was consistent, persistent. Every day, lie with me. I'm sure every day she was wearing different things. He said, Joseph, how do I look today? 
Joseph, how do I look today? Do you like this see-through? Yeah, little, little, little by little, little by little, little by little. Hallelujah. Verse 11, the Bible says, And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do business, and there was none of the men of the house there within. Look at what she did. She sacked every man out. and said, today, all of you go free day, holiday. Today, I've given all of you holiday. Today, is me and Joseph in this house. Verse 13, verse 12, and she caught him by his garment, saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. I love Joseph. Listen, the only way to deal with this issue is to flee. The scriptures are clear. It says, flee sexual temptations. Don't say, oh, I'm a strong man. Hey? Listen, when a man sees, listen, this is very important. When a man sees the nakedness of a woman, his brain stops working in two seconds. The brain freezes. It's serious. It stops, your brain stops working. Two seconds. Women is five seconds. Men is two seconds. So, don't, don't, don't dare stand around when you see a woman naked. Flee. Go ask Samson. Samson lost his anointing. Samson said, I'm a strong man. I'm anointed. What? Run, oh. You better run for your life. You better run. You better run. Run faster than Usain Bolt. Run. I remember there was this time I went for evangelism. And, you know, in those days, we go two by two. I went and I led this lady to Christ. And many years ago, this was my early stages of my work with the Lord. And after I led this lady to Christ, we went for a follow-up, you know. <laughs> And then when we went, I knocked. I said, hello. And then she said, come in. She heard my voice. And I could see, you know, those days it had a curtain see-through. And the curtains was open. And she said, come in. She heard my voice. She said, come in. And when I saw her, she was naked. I said, the devil is alive. You want me to come in? Can you imagine what would have happened if I had gone in? And she was a very fair lady. <laughs> the devil knows how to use fair. By <laughs> uh, now, I won't be here. I'm telling you, I'll be wallowing in the gutters of slavery. She said, Come in. I said, What? This woman is wicked. Wicked. Can you imagine what she would have snatched out of the mouth of Pastor Zama now? Eh? <laughs> My goodness. 
I said, no, it's two of us. I said, oh, okay, I'm coming. And then she quickly dressed up and came out. And listen, when you go out for evangelism or visitations, and the person has only one bedroom with their bed, don't go inside. Never go inside. Never what? Go inside. You go inside, <laughs> you'll become like something. Number two is keep your desires under control through discipline. Keep your desires under control through what? Discipline. Now listen, every one of us have desires. We all have desires to be great, desire to make money, desire to be wealthy, and all these things are good. But you have to understand that it's not all desires that are godly. Are you following me? So let's look at another character and let's see how he dealt with his desires. Genesis chapter 25 from verse 29. Genesis chapter 25 from verse 29. I read the Bible says that, and Jacob sought portage and Esau came from the field and he was faint. In other words, he was hungry. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with the same red pottage, for I am faint or hungry. Therefore was his name called Edom. Verse 31, and Jacob said, sell, sell me this day thy birthright. Now Jacob here is operating like the devil. That's how the devil operates. When the devil comes for you, he's not coming for what you have. He's coming for your birthright. He's coming for your destiny. Are you following what I'm saying? So Jacob said, sell me this day your birthright. Not tomorrow, he said this day. And look at the, at the point where he's asking him to sell his birthright. At his point of weakness. Be careful what decisions you make at the verge of weakness. When you are weak, be careful what contract you're signing. As a matter of fact, never sign any contract when you are hungry. When you are hungry, your brains are not functioning well. Never sign any contract. Never sign any agreement when you are hungry. Because you will sell your destiny. When you are hungry, you are rushing through things. You don't want to look at even the little, little, small, small dots. The small lines. Is how it was this. <laughs> I just sign. That's what was happening here. Look at verse 32. The Bible said, And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? Sad. And Jacob said, swear to me this day. And he swore unto him. And he sold his birthright unto Jacob. He sold his birthright to Jacob. Indisciplined people devalue what is valuable. They have no concept of valuable things. Today's message is not a shouting message. It's helping us preserve our destiny. 
Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Look at that. Esau despised his birthright. Later on, we'll look at the consequences of this. You notice that later on when he came to his father for the blessing, the father had already given it to Jacob. And he cried and said, is there not a reserved blessing? How can you cry for a reserved blessing when the actual blessing belongs to you? Listen, where you are today is as a result of the decisions you made yesterday. Where you are today is as a result of the seeds you sowed yesterday. If you don't like where you are today, change the seeds you are sowing today. Change the decisions you're making today. Are you following what I'm saying? This is very important. Especially in the church. The church must be a place of character. You can't be a young man in the church dating three, four women. Telling this lady, I love you. That one, I love you. That one, I love you. Come on. Listen. Listen. Young men, young women or especially the young men. Your strength is not in how many women you can conquer. That's not strength. That is weakness. That's weakness. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Stop saying different things to different people in the church. Be a man of your word. You can't have two eyes, one looking up and one looking down. Or you can't look at two places at the same time. Look at one place. Focus. If you're in this church, focus. I am here and I'm here for life. If you're in marriage, one, one woman, one wife, one man, one woman, stay there. Don't get into the marriage and you are thinking five years down the line, once I get this, I'm leaving. Have you noticed many people who get into marriage because of documentations, once they get their documents, they leave. Your motives are wrong. And why would you sell your future for a, a paper, a piece of paper? You have no, you have no value for what is valuable. For a red piece of paper. For a red piece of paper. If you want a red piece of paper, just go buy a lot of A4, A4 sheets, buy red, red, red ink, dip them in, you get that red book. The last one is work in integrity. Are you getting something out of this? Someone say, oh, pastor, power, and you are talking about character, this is the real power. This is the real power. Jesus was a man of character. Joseph was a man of character. That's why they were high flyers. Matthew chapter 4, 
Now remember in the beginning we read from Genesis chapter 3 from verse 1 to 7. Now remember the temptation of Satan to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve sold their birthright to Satan. Now remember what happened in Genesis, the one we read earlier about Esau and Jacob. Esau also sold his birthright to Jacob. Now let's look at the last one, Jesus. Matthew chapter 4 from verse 1. I read, it says, then was Jesus led up of his, by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Now notice who led him there. It was the spirit of God. So it's not every temptation that's of the devil. There are some situations God will lead you in there to test your character. To test your character. So the spirit of God led him there. And the Bible says, verse 2, and he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and he was afterward hungered. I want you to underline that word, afterward hungered. Afterward hungered. That means he was hungry, and he was at the verge of his weakness. At what point did Esau sell his birthright? When he was hungry. At what point did Adam and Eve sell their birthright? When they were hungry. So that means that your appetite has a lot to do with your destiny. You have to be careful what you eat when you are hungry. You have to be careful what you are eating when you are hungry. When you are hungry, that's not the time to eat everything. If you're a husband and your wife travels... And the friend comes visiting. He says, oh, today I just came to, to bring you some, some, some food. Be careful. At that point, you are hungry. Be careful. So Jesus was hungry. Verse 3, the Bible says that, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the son of God, Command these stones to be made into bread. Look at, look at the area where the devil tempted him. At his point of weakness. The first temptation was if you are hungry, turn this stone into what? Bread. Jesus was hungry at that time. He was qualified to turn the stone to bread. And he would have justified it and said, ah, after all, I was hungry. After all, man shall not live by the word alone. After all, I mean, God made the belly to eat food. God made the stomach to eat food. No, it's not every food you eat. The devil will always come at the area of your weakness. This is how generational curses flow through families. The devil will always come through at the area of your weakness. If it's in your family, if it is drinking, he'll always come through drinking. If it is womanizing, he'll always come through womanizing. If it is divorce, he'll always come through divorce. He knows that's your area of weakness. So your husband or wife will do a little thing and say, divorce. Little thing. And when you go back and think about what led to the divorce, you will be shocked that it was nothing. 
the enemy will always come through your area of weakness. Oh, my time is up. Glory be to God. Let me finish this quickly. He said, turn the stone into bread. Verse 4, it says that, but Jesus answered and said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Verse 5, then the devil take him up into a holy city. So see, the devil also has some holy cities he can take you into. He also has some holy cities he can take you into. He said, took him to the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple. So the devil also have some churches. It's not every church is of God. Sometimes they say, oh, why is the church not preaching holiness? The devil can preach holiness. If the devil doesn't preach holiness, he wouldn't have taken Jesus to a holy city. Verse 6, then said him unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall keep his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands shall they bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash your foot against a stone. The devil can also quote scriptures. The devil can also what? Quote scriptures. So it's not everybody that comes quoting scriptures, that is of God. Now, the devil always was tempting Jesus. Now, look at the temptation, questioning his identity. If you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, if you, it's trying to question your identity. I mean, somebody say, if you are a man, show me. I'm a man. I don't need to show you. I'm a man. I'm a man. Do I look like a woman? I'm a man. I'm a man. If you are a woman, show me. Now, this is how sometimes, oh, if you love me, if you love me, prove it. You don't need to prove it. That's the devil speaking through that guy. If you love me, oh, let's do the thing. No, no, you ain't doing no thing. You keep the marriage bed pure. Keep the marriage bed pure. Why are you not saying amen? Oh, pastor, you know, if I don't give it to me, to him, he will leave. Eh? You give it to him, he was going. That's man's mind. They are conquering. Once they get what they want, they're gone. Once he gets what he wants, he's gone. Don't give him. Don't give him. <laughs> don't give it to him. <laughs> I said, don't give it to him. Only give it to him in the moon. So he can remember what he got in the moon. Glory be to God. So when he comes down, he will still be remembering the moon. That's why the scriptures are clear. Say, if you are burning, marry. If you know you are burning, marry. If you can't handle singleness, marry. I don't know what all you single people are doing. Just marry. Just find a sister or a brother in the church and say, look, the solution to burning is what? Marry. Marry. Paul has given us the solution to marry. Marry now. Marry now. How can you, how can you be in courtship for four years? What are you courting? Four years. Four years courtship. You want Jesus to come before you marry? Come on. 
Verse 7, Jesus said unto him, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. Verse 8, again, the devil taking him up into an exceeding high mountain and showing him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And he said unto him, all these things I will give thee if thou shalt fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou worship. Now, what I want you to understand is that all this temptation is happening in the secret. Nobody can see this. Your real temptation comes when there is no one. That's called integrity. What you do in your secret and what you do public must be one. The word integrity means integrated. Integrated. It's mixed together. When you put a, a, a ribena in water, you can't separate them. It's integrated. That is integrity. Your words and your character is weaved together. It's one. If you say A, you do A. If you say B, you do B. Men and women who have no integrity have no future. Now if you are caught in and the guy keeps lying to you, if he's lying to you now, when you marry it will be worse. He's not a man or a woman of integrity. If he says I'll be there at six and he comes at nine, Careful, it's a sign that he doesn't have integrity. If you go to to you go out for for on a date, and all the time you go, oh, I've lost my wallet. <laughs> it's time to pay. I've lost my wallet. Be careful. Be careful. Every time it's time to pay, oh, and he start itching, start twitching. Be careful. He's got integrity issues. When I met my wife, I had nothing except words. I had nothing. I had nothing. All I said to her is, I love you. That's all I had. And I showed her my vision. This is my vision. This is where God is taking me. But I was dedicated to that vision when even it was not working. So integrity is tested through what the person says. Check what they say. Is there AA and is there BB? If it's not, please run. Run very far. Run very, very far. Far. Far, 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 far. Run very far. Because if you don't run and you get into it, you'll be in serious trouble. Integrity is key. Integrity is key in the body of Christ. That's why in this church, my words and my actions are one. My integrity is above board. Are you following what I'm saying? My if I say I'll do A, I do A. If I say I'll do B, I do B. 
my integrity is above board. No man in all humility, no man or no woman can stand anywhere and question my integrity. No man. What I do in secret is what I do publicly. My life in my house is the same life outside. Someone said, oh, you have to separate the two. You have to separate your private life from your professional life. No, no, no. Integrity cannot be separated. Integrity cannot be separated. So if you are going to deal with generational cases, these are some of the things. So if you are in the church, be a man, be a woman of integrity. That's the only way you are going to go far. If you really want to go far, if you operate in these principles, your life will be an example to the world. In Jesus' name. Did you receive it today? Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus a better praise. Glory be to his name. Glory be to his name. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293 Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations.